White Sox Weekly, your all-access pass to everything White Sox. That baby will go! Lance Lynn with an absolute gem. McKnight. Good afternoon, happy Saturday, and welcome in to White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. I'm Connor McKnight. White Sox fans, 2023 ticket plans are available now. We offer a variety of plans. When you lock in today, you'll get flexible payment plans, savings on single games, great seat locations, and more. For more information, visit whitesocks.com slash season tickets. That's the first order of business out of the way. we got a lot for you here on our new time during this offseason. We're on from Saturday from 2 until 3, all offseason long, leading you up to uh, – You know, all the winter to-dos, general manager meetings. uh, The White Sox will hire a manager themselves fairly soon. Free agency, all that good stuff coming up over the winter for the White Sox. And we're going to be here with you, your constant companion. Well, constant from 2 until 3 Saturday afternoon here on ESPN 1000. Uh, Here's the drill for the afternoon. Kendra Smith is our producer. She's with us today. Uh, We'll take some phone calls. So when you dial 312 332-3776. You'll talk to Kendra. Tell her what you think should be on the show. And then you and I will talk. We'll talk whatever's on your mind, White Sox or baseball related. We're in the midst of of a pretty wild playoff series. We'll talk a little bit about the ALDS, about the NLDS Phillies up 3-1 on the Braves right now. Brandon Marsh, former Angel, at the three-run homer for the Phillies. Phillies can knock out the Braves. The Houston Astros can take down the Mariners. Uh, The Padres can beat the Dodgers in the NLDS today. That's kind of a wild one, too. We'll talk playoffs a little bit later on down the line. Um, But I want to start this way. There's obviously, you know, two... Two really big headlines for the White Sox here Saturday, October 15th uh, that I kind of want to throw both of them out to you and get your perspective as a White Sox fan. I, I know, you know, we're, we're here at the middle of October and nothing really feels pressing yet for the ball club. And, and that's a fine thing, right? That That's nothing, uh, you know, for or against where the White Sox are at or where fans feel. We're just in the middle of the playoffs. There's probably some cool-down time from the, the regular season ending from a disappointing 81-81 and 81 finish, right? So that, I, I feel like asking this might be a little bit of a leading question. But I'll, I'll give you two of the big headlines out for the White Sox right now, and then we'll dig into both of them. But I want to hear uh, what you think uh, the priority is for you as a White Sox fan. Not which headline takes priority for the franchise, not which one Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams and Jerry Reinsdorf, and, you know, all, the whole front office will be working on in this moment most, but more, what is your priority? Maybe better put, maybe better put, if you had a crystal ball, right? If you had a White Sox crystal ball and could shake it and get the answer to one of these two questions, which one would you most like answered here today, October 15th? There's the one headline, the big one, the one we all knew uh, was going to be a headline for the White Sox starting the Monday before the regular season ended when Tony Larusa announced that due to health reasons, he wouldn't be coming back to the team in 2023, that he was effectively 
uh, retiring from the contract he had with the White Sox. And Rick Hahn, general manager of the team, announced their search for a manager would include, at the very least, Miguel Cairo and a whole bunch of other interviews. I'm going to step you through what we think we know about the managerial candidates for the White Sox so far in a little bit, but that's headline number one. If you could shake the crystal ball as a White Sox fan and find out who's going to be the next manager, would you do that? Or here's headline number two, Bruce Levine over on the other side of the street had a report earlier today that the Cubs are interested in Jose Abreu, free agent, a long-time, lifetime White Sox, one of the inner circle hitters in White Sox franchise history. White Sox have and Jose Abreu are are kind of in that free agency period, right? There's time for them to get another deal done if they want to, if Jose wants to come back to the Sox, if the Sox want to come back to Jose Abreu, so to speak. Uh, So the other headline that you get to kind of resolve here with the crystal ball that I'm I'm giving you, uh, I'm not actually, but I'm saying if you did have one, you could shake the thing to figure out if Jose Abreu was going to be a White Sox in 2023. You don't get to know what other team he's going to. You just get to know whether he will or will not be a White Sox in 2023. That's the other question you get to answer. And I'm wondering, of those two big headlines, uh, one of them kind of just out today and kind of just out today, and the other one that we knew was coming you know, for the last couple of days of the regular season and now for about two and a half weeks, uh, which one would you most like answered for you today? I wonder. Here's what we know about the managerial search, or at least what we think we know, what's been reported. Um, reading a little bit here from MLB Trade Rumors, they do a great job of kind of congealing some of this information and letting you know where some of these reports have come from uh, and what's kind of, you know, what's around, what's out there. We knew one thing already about the 2023 White Sox is that Miguel Cairo would be a candidate for manager. He was the bench coach for Tony La Russa. You know, everybody saw what this team or how this team, I guess, responded um, to Tony initially stepping away due to health res- health reasons and Miguel Cairo stepping in. Uh, they went on a real nice run. They clawed it back to within three games of the Cleveland Guardians when that series started. On a fateful Tuesday night, it went extras. The Cleveland won, swept the series, and then the White Sox lost eight in a row, but finished on a pretty good kick as well. After that eight-game losing streak, they finished 81-81, and the last game of the season being an obviously disappointing one, one that would have gotten them to 82-80, and a third straight winning season for the franchise. All that said... I think what Miguel Cairo was able to do from a, an interpersonal standpoint, right? Because the, I mean, the roster he had and some of the decisions he was going to make were, were somewhat outlined for him, whether it be health uh, of Tim Anderson not being available or Luis Robert, you know, being much less than 100%. Larry Garcia uh, not being able to play really as he was dealing with the, the hip and the, the back and the leg sort of thing going on. Some of the decisions that he had – um, were decisions that, that Tony LaRusso probably would have made in that stead. On the other side of things, we, we really saw how different Miguel Cairo managed this team and some of the decisions he made. Um, Liam Hendricks and others kind of in that inner circle, that leadership group of the White Sox clubhouse made mention of just you know how honest Miguel was when he took over the managerial duties for Tony, kind of saying, look, if you don't want to be here, get out. If this is what we got to do, this is what we got to go get done I think you could maybe look at Miguel a little bit like kind of like a, a disciplinarian in that clubhouse a little bit. A guy who is looking to make sure his players 
are, are held accountable for, for what they're bringing into the game, not just the decisions that get made within a game for each and every player. So we, we knew Miguel Cairo would be, um, would be a, a candidate for manager for the White Sox in 2023. Per other reports, our own Jesse Rogers of ESPN, who, who may well be a guest on White Sox Weekly next, next week. I think you want to tune in for that. It's a little tease for you. Probably talk to Jesse next Saturday. Uh, Jesse reported that the White Sox have reached out to Braves third base coach Ron Washington. Uh, Washington, obviously a former manager, took the Rangers to the World Series twice, uh, is well reported as a, as a fantastic infield coach. He's the guy you remember if you're a younger baseball fan or maybe even if you're an older baseball fan and read the book or a younger fan and read the movie or if you're like me and did both several times, Moneyball, right? Ron Washington was the uh, the coach on the Oakland A's who turned Scott Hatterberg into a picking machine, right? Well, Scott had something to do with it too. But, you know, there's the, big, there's the scene in the movie where you know, Brad Pitts, Billy Bean, and Ron Washington, they're sitting down in the living room with Scott Hatterberg, and he says, oh, I've never played. I've only ever played catcher. And Billy Bean goes, well, it's not that hard. Tell him, Wash. And Wash goes, it's incredibly hard. It gets a big laugh. It's a whole thing in the movie. It's a Sorkin flick. You know how it goes. Uh, but that's Ron Washington. Ron Washington also is credited for having done a ton of work with then A's shortstop Marcus Semien, who was briefly a White Sox and is now at the Rangers, spent some time at the Blue Jays. Uh, but he and Ron Washington got together and worked really really hard uh some credit to Semyon for this as well obviously um for for becoming a better shortstop becoming a much better shortstop white Sox fans will remember Semyon was you know having a tough time at that position uh, up until the point he was traded to the a's and even with the a's you know for, for about a year year and a half uh the errors were piling up the range wasn't quite there all that kind of stuff and turned into a much more than capable shortstop a guy who's uh, pretty decent over there obviously not playing second but pretty decent over at short and obviously a, a darn good hitter. So Ron Washington, apparently, Braves third base coach, a candidate for the White Sox, as reports by Jesse Rogers would indicate. John Heyman of the New York Post had a report that says White Sox have interviewed Astros bench coach Joe Espada. That interview reportedly took place last week. Joe Espada is – so. Couple things I I think are important to know uh, about Joe Espada as a managerial candidate. Forty seven years old has not managed before, and I I think too we've got another couple candidates to go through here as well. But dialing in on Espada specifically, the, Rick Hahn in his end of season press conference uh, while the season was still going on did mention that you know prior experience and a couple of reports. Bob Nightingale of USA Today also kind of reported that prior managerial experience was a preference for the White Sox. Bob's, you know, well done some well-sourced and has done some good reporting around the White Sox in the past, right? He was the guy who had Tony Russo to the White Sox to begin with at the very start when people thought that was absolutely wild and seemed to come out of left field. Nightingale had it. That's what the Sox ended up doing. So, uh, you know, understand that when it comes to, you know, this particular report, I think though, now that we've got reports of Joe Espada and from Enrique Rojas of ESPN last week as well, or two weeks ago, I should say, that Royals bench coach Pedro Grifol was also uh, an interview candidate of the White Sox. Two guys who have not had managerial experience but have been bench coaches. Grifol, uh, a bench coach under Mike Matheny of the Royals over the last couple of years, 
and uh, Joe Espada having been the bench coach in Houston for the last four or five, you know, this, these are guys that are, are, are very close to those managerial decisions. Griffol has a bit of, you know, kind of the, well, let's start with Espada, I guess, because one of the things that, that Rick Hahn said was that he wanted, you know, a, um, a decision maker within a championship level club, right? A, a team that had been around titles recently. And I, I can't think of a guy that exemplifies that maybe more than Joe Espada. He was a finalist for the Mets managerial job. They ended up going with uh, Buck Showalter, the A's and the Giants and the, uh, I believe Cubs and twins have all interviewed Joe Espada for their uh, recent managerial openings. Uh, the Cubs interviewed Espada just before they hired uh, David Ross, if memory serves correctly. Um, Espada also comes with some experience having worked under A.J. Hinch and Dusty Baker, two guys who kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't say that Hinch and Baker exist on completely opposite ends of the managerial spectrum. You know, over here you've got your players manager, and over here you've got your, um, you know, your authoritarian, your disciplinary guy, right? Your uh, the, the the guys who really kind of um, really kind of uh, spur the uh, or stir the drink, I guess, as, as Reggie Jackson once said. Uh, Billy Martin kind of comes to mind here, right? I I wouldn't put him on opposite sides, but certainly when it comes to you know, having a dialogue with a front office and understanding what it is to take some of the larger sabermetric points in the game, like like Hinch kind of has a reputation for, and then Dusty, who's very much a, a player's manager and a guy who has worked very hard uh, to understand and implement some of these, you know, newer things. Obviously, I mean, his success with the Astros underlines all of this. You know, you, you kind of got two different eras that Espada's worked under, which I think kind of helps bolster the resume for Espada. Both Griffol and Espada are bilingual, English and Spanish. That is an important um, category, important criteria for a lot of teams, uh, especially for the White Sox. That's something that some of their own players, Liam Hendricks and others, uh, Elvis Andrews, has kind of talked about a little bit. You know, Tony speaks Spanish and, and spoke with uh, Spanish-speaking players quite a bit. Obviously, uh, but these guys also have those things. And I think when, you know, you're putting them up against, which is, you know, kind of what we're doing here, uh, guys like Ron Washington, Pedro Griffal, and uh, Joe Madden, uh, you know, other, other names that are out there, I think some of those things uh, may matter quite a bit. Um, and, and in a way that's not just can you relate to or can you talk with, um, but also having had similar experiences, perhaps, as, as everybody on the roster. I, I think that may be something that teams are looking for um, or, or looking for their managers to, to really kind of bring to the forefront uh, these last couple of years. So those are kind of some of the latest managerial candidates as reported uh, by a couple of different places that we walked you through here. Want to know what you think uh, about any one of those particular candidates? And then, again, the question out here for you on White Sox Weekly, 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. If you could, you know, shake the White Sox crystal ball, which question? Who's going to be the White Sox manager? Or is Jose Abreu coming back to the White Sox in 2023? Which one is most important to you to know right now? You don't get to know anything else. You just get to know those two answers. Who's the manager? Is Abreu coming back to the White Sox? I'm curious as to where White Sox fans, I don't know, headline priority is at here halfway through October. Again, 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. And a reminder, too, that you can become a White Sox insider today for sweepstakes, 
special offers, the Friday Five, pre-sales, and other exciting Sox content delivered free to your inbox. Visit whitesox.com slash insider today. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk a bit about Jose Abreu, about the free agent rumors that surround him, uh, and the latest one that popped up today that connects him to a club that is geographically at least very, very, very close. That's coming up. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly. Listen to Chicago's home for sports on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2, and ESPN 1000. Now, on the home of the White Sox, here's Connor McKnight. So welcome back to White Sox Weekly. I am Connor McKnight, just like the big voice guy said. Uh, Sox fans, if you're planning a special occasion and looking for the perfect location, you know the rest. We've got you covered. When you reserve your group outing for 2023, you get priority access to the biggest matchups and the best space for your group. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash groups. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number here on the show. A uh, lot to do for you here in the last part of the hour, going up until 3 o'clock. Remember, it's our new time for White Sox Weekly, 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. every Saturday afternoon in the off season. We used to be 9 until 10. I'm not sure why we were switched. Probably something about me having far too much coffee before White Sox Weekly started and nobody being able to understand anything I'm saying. Uh, but that's Danny Zetterman's call. you know. And if he thought I was having too much coffee, then that's probably right. Um, but we're th- 2 until 3. Two until three on Saturdays. And if you're thinking, oh, man, you know, I'm listening now, but, you know, there's, there's stuff going on on Saturday afternoon in the winter. There's, there's your college football seasons. The, you got, your kids got practices, all that kind of stuff. Maybe you have practices for things. You can download the ESPN Chicago app. Each and every one of our shows is downloadable on the app. If you missed the interviews, the stuff we're talking about, the big breaking news, all that kind of stuff, it's there for you on the ESPN Chicago app. So that's right there for you. Also, Teased before the break that we wanted to talk a little bit about Jose Abreu, pending free agent for the White Sox, and we will. Uh, But we started the show talking about the open managerial spots or the managerial candidates for the White Sox in 2023 and summed up some of the guys that have had uh, reported interviews uh, either happen or have been set uh, guys like Joe Espada, the bench coach for the Houston Astros, Pedro Grifol, bench coach for the Royals, uh, all per interviews from Enrique Rojas and Jesse Rogers and John Heyman uh, of the New York Post. Um, one other was Ron Washington, third base coach with the Braves. That's who Jesse Rogers had reported. I think it's probably worth noting, too, you know, sometimes we get so uh, tunnel vision into the White Sox here locally that we, we kind of forget what the rest of the landscape looks like, especially with the playoffs going on, right? We're watching teams that have, you know, if the White Sox were to hire Joe Espada from the Astros, he'd be leaving a club um, that, that's currently playing. For some of these opportunities, it's, it's going to be it maybe something else. There are five teams with an open managerial spot, the Royals, the Marlins, the Rangers, the White Sox, and theoretically right now the Toronto Blue Jays. They fired Charlie Montoyo uh, about a third of the way through the season. John Schneider took over as interim manager, and they have yet to make that uh, make him anything other than interim manager. But the results were good for John Schneider and the Blue Jays while he was the interim manager for that club. Uh, you know, postseason results notwithstanding. Um, 
So theoretically, that's an opening as well. That makes five. The Phillies did have an opening, but they've hired Rob Thompson uh, to a two-year extension. The Phillies lead the Braves right now four to two, and actually can you know win the series with a win this afternoon in Philly. Uh, also, the Angels have decided to extend Phil Nevin for another year. That's that's a weird situation. Um, not necessarily weird for Phil or that team or anything, but that the, the Angels and Peter Angelos are, are going to sell. Uh, and they're looking for new management, look for that to be done at the end of next season. So Phil Nevin gets the one-year extension, and you can kind of understand why those dominoes fell the way that they did. Nevin did a good job with the Angels as is. They had so many injuries and, and up until the point they got Mike Trapp back and Shohei Otani was fantastic. All right, so all that said, um, one of the things that has been a huge conversation here around the White Sox, and especially lately, and we're going to talk about a, a report that came out just earlier today uh, from Bruce Levine, who covers the White Sox and, and the Cubs on the other side of the town, uh, for the other side of the street. Uh, he's, he's a great baseball reporter I've known for a very long time, and credit where credit's due, he has the report that the Cubs could theoretically be interested in Jose Abreu, White Sox free agent. A um, couple of things on this from the get-go. One, one would be this. I understand, uh, you know, what, what is and what exists between White Sox and Cubs fans. I, you know, we've been around it. We've lived it over the last decade and a half, right? Like I, me having worked here in the city, like this is a, this is a known thing. And nobody has to pretend that this would be any fun if they don't have to. On the other hand, um, you look at Jose Abreu's numbers throughout the 2022 season, and most of them click out as a Jose Abreu year. I think what's interesting and, and what you know kind of has been at the center of the does Jose Abreu come back situation, uh, last week on the show we kind of asked, does the best version of the 2023 White Sox team include Jose Abreu? And that question's a tough one to answer. But I think when you're um, another ball club, right, whether it's the Cubs or, or anybody else who's looking to add a first baseman via free agency, and again, this isn't you know set in stone yet. There's nothing been written, nothing been said that the White Sox are absolutely moving on. There have been reports, you know, from a couple of places that they're ready to move on or that they're not talking, whatever it is. But you know, you, these these things are how free agencies go, right? I mean, there there are there's there's positioning there's some jockeying that happens this is pretty typical stuff that said if you're another franchise looking at jose abreu what you see is a, a pretty decent first baseman defensively a guy with off the charts intangibles you talk to any teammate and he's that kind of guy in the clubhouse the kind of guy where you know miguel cairo said he's had white Sox, you know our manager said three players jeter Pujols and Abreu have the kind of, you know, lead by example, uh, gravitas size that, that, that all that that's it. Those, those three guys are the teammates he's played with in his career that he would put in the same category in terms of that kind of in the clubhouse intangible, but, but really tangible stuff um, when it all kind of meets out. So those are, you know, Miguel doesn't do that lightly. I don't think that, that, that matters for Abreu. Now you look at the power numbers for Jose, 15 home runs, a career low. Uh, he hit more in his 2020 season when they only played 60 games and he won the MVP, he hit 19 that year. Just a, a, an incredible season. When you you know kind of pop the hood, and we talked about this a lot during the regular season for the White Sox, so I, I understand if this kind of rankles a little. 
you know, the White Sox had some under the hood numbers. I'm using the air quotes. You can't see, but I'm using the air quotes, some under the hood numbers that said, well, they, they just, they should have, they should have been a little bit better than they were. And they didn't put up the numbers, the, the run scoring numbers that some of the other expected stats, the under the hood numbers would say that they did. They should have. Abreu's hard hit rate, his fly ball rate, all that kind of stuff. All still right about where Jose Abreu usually is, just didn't get the home run total that he typically does. I think two things about where those numbers sit kind of in juxtaposition to one another. You compare them to one another. You got some under-the-hood numbers that say there should be more home runs, but you don't have the home runs. And I think if you were a team that had this particular player, like the White Sox are in that age group, 36 years old with a, with a bunch of other guys that kind of fit that defensive need first base DH you go, okay. A lot of teams would tell you that they'd rather kind of part ways a year too early than a year too late. You're on the other side of things and you're maybe, whether you're the, the, the North side squad or you're another team and you go, well, listen, this is a guy who's, who's underlying numbers say that he should be a lot better or could be a lot better or hit just a lot more home runs than he did last season. And you can sell that to a fan base or, or certainly sell that to uh, a clubhouse with a reputation that Jose Abreu has. So you know, that's the big report that's out this afternoon. Um, it's big news and, and credit to Bruce for, uh, for breaking that. Um, whether that happens or not, obviously, is another conversation. I, I, don't, I, I think if you're Jose Abreu and you are looking in another spot to go play baseball for the next couple of years, maybe call, maybe round out your career, exemplary as it has been, um, you'd look for somebody that's a little bit more, a little bit closer to contending than perhaps the Cubs roster is. Now, I, I know a lot of reports, and we'll talk about one of the big names that's out there and, and has seemingly made his decision when we come back, but I know there's a lot of reports that that team may be spending a lot of money, and it would certainly cost some to bring Abreu in, but... You know, the, the thing that they have going for the most, a little bit like the White Sox, is the, the division itself not being all that great, or at least, you know, being top-heavy with the Cardinals being very good and the Guardians being the team that won the AL Central this year and, and now having a lead in the division series against the, the, the Yankees. So, you know, I, I would be surprised if that were the fit that ends up going on. Um, but that's the report out today, and it's news, and it's the White Sox, so we're covering it. 312-332-3776, that's the phone number. When we get back, um, we're going to hear a little bit from Rick Hahn and his end-of-season press conference. There was a good cut in there um, that I want to replay a little bit just to set us up for a larger conversation. I'm also going to let you know what Johnny Cueto has been up to, or at least what he posted earlier. It's absolutely hilarious, and classic Johnny Cueto We'll get to it when we come back here on White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly. Listen to Chicago's home for sports on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000. Now on the home of the White Sox, here's Connor McKnight. Stay up to date on all things White Sox by following the team's official social media accounts. Don't miss a minute of the action on and off the field at White Sox on social media, the Insta, the Twitter, the, the, the TikTok, the Facebook. The, did I miss any of them? MySpace? Is that still a thing? Probably not. It's probably not still a thing. But if it is, uh, follow at White Sox and get on board. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly. Um, told you that we'd have a little bit more of a discussion about the um, 
kind of the building of the 2023 White Sox here in this part of the show. We talked a lot about the managerial candidates that we know of, um, and some we some we're kind of guessing at toward the beginning of the show. Talked a lot about the Jose Abreu reports. Uh, and his pending free agency, or his, I guess, current free agency, uh, coming up here. Certainly, it'll be interesting to see whether the White Sox and Abreu have another contract in them, whether that's going to be the best configuration for the 2023 White Sox. But as we get into some of this free agent conversation, I wanted to replay just a little snippet of White Sox general manager Rick Hahn talking to reporters at his end-of-season press conference the Monday before the season ended. Um, granted there are probably fewer things that were said here than could be said just a couple of days later guys were under contract and still playing and you know there was a series left against the twins before this press conference ended so uh, there there are some things here that were less um perhaps uh clear or i guess direct as possible but i think you can parse through some of this here's Rick Hahn answering the question whether he believes that there's going to be a lot of roster overhaul from this year, 2022 to 2023. The short answer is obviously there's areas we need to improve. The longer answer is I I don't think we should lose sight of the fact of where this team was one and two years ago and even six months ago. You know, two years ago we were after the first birth into the playoffs, we were a young, dynamic, exciting team that played with an edge and that people knew was coming for them. Uh, last year, despite the injuries, we managed to you know, win 90-plus games and, and get our way you know, clear of the division by 12, 13 games in the end. Uh, six months ago, just about every objective measurement and much less the you know, subjective predictions had us as running away with this division. Obviously, what happened over the past six months is the most relevant and recent information which exposed some areas that we simply need to get better but i don't want to lose sight of the talent that is in that room uh obviously being without certain players for extended period of time this year hurt us Uh, it would be easy to stand up here and and blame just the injuries and say we're going to be healthier and smarter and luckier next year, which could be a path to success. But I think by nature, each of us, you know, involved in baseball operations and ownership and in the dugout and in the coaching staff want to somehow find ways to improve this thing, not just by projecting better health and better luck. There's a little bit more from Rick Hahn I want to play, too, that adds a bit more context back into some of that discussion. Uh, he was asked about some of the focuses for 2023 as well. We know that our offense got away from the offense that we had the last couple of years, uh, which caused some difficulties for us. Obviously, defensively, we weren't quite the club that we are capable of being or that we want to be going forward. Uh Similar to other clubs, we had issues with availability and health. Uh, Unlike our club in 21, uh, as well as some other clubs this year, we weren't able to overcome that with our depth this year in 22. Uh, So certainly those are all going to be areas that we look at in the coming weeks and areas that we intend to get better better by uh, opening day of 23. So it's just a little bit of it, and I I thought it would be a decent enough refresher for, you know, kind of where – 
he views this White Sox roster and what's coming up for this team. There's another cut in there too, um, and I'll just paraphrase it because I, I know White Sox fans, there was a lot of discussion. We talked about it a lot last week on the show as well. There you know, was a question that I think Vinny Duber of CHGO asked about what this White Sox offseason plan looked like, and Rick said, we can't just be spending money to fix our problems. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And, you know, that's that's been looked at a couple of different ways. It was pretty clear when it was said that the question and the answer both referenced money being the only thing the White Sox would do during the offseason. And Rick kind of saying, no, it won't. It won't just be spending money on players. There are other things that need to be done, in his estimation, it seems, uh, about this 2023 roster. Now, the reason I bring up the, the money issue, right, is because there are two, three, really, pending free agents on the White Sox that made a big difference to this team, both in 22 and in years prior. One of them, Jose Abreu, and we've talked a lot about Abreu on the show already. Another is Johnny Cueto. Who, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you follow Johnny Cueto on Instagram. Um, it it might be worth it. It's he's a he's a wild dude. I think we talked about it a lot when he signed with the White Sox. He's really into horses. And his latest Instagram post, he's like he's at his place uh, and he's riding a horse. The horse is. Uh, I talked with someone who is is very familiar with dressage and and the the horse riding that goes on in the Olympics. And it's kind of the um, it's kind of the horse dancing kind of thing, I guess, is what it is. This is what I'm told. So I don't know if Cueto's doing a little dressage in the driveway in front of the big truck that he's got in his nice little place by the by the water there. Uh, but he's he's into it, man. It is it is really cool. Johnny Cueto's Instagram follow is is worth your while. But he's there riding horses in the offseason, and he hasn't ruled out a return to the White Sox. Says he enjoyed his time there. According to different reports, that's not a that's not a done thing. And, and I think you know, listen, we we talked all year long about what Cueto meant to this rotation after Lance Lynn needed surgery and Cueto stepped in after about a month, six weeks of the season had went by. He was terrific. He was absolutely, absolutely fantastic in everything they could have asked for. Now, the the question that is around, I think, uh, Cueto and Abreu and Elvis Andrews, who kind of shares all the criteria, all the things that I mentioned with, with Johnny Cueto, with the exception of the horseback riding thing. Although I, I never really specifically asked Elvis whether he does or doesn't ride horses. So I guess he, he might. The, the theory is uh, the, the possibilities out there. But those three guys do a lot of the things that Rick Hahn, in, his, in the quotes, we, the cuts we just played you, that Rick Hahn kind of said the White Sox could use. Elvis Andrews is a very good defender. So is Cueto, for that matter. And Abreu can more than hold his own. Um, they are all three of them leaders from within. You've heard a lot of players uh, talk about what Cueto kind of brings in terms of that resume, that experience, that ability to both kind of point a finger and a thumb when need be. Uh, a guy who, through his play, is the kind of guy giving all kinds of effort uh, that, that never needs to really be questioned. So he can kind of look around and say, listen, let's pick this up a little bit, right? Cueto's definitely that guy. Now, the reason that those guys, I, I think, matter a little bit too is because each of them, less so Abreu and more so Cueto and Andrews, represents positions where the White Sox could improve by, quote-unquote, just spending money. I mean, there's going to be a free agent edition or two for the White Sox, no doubt about it, whether they're big-ticket guys, whether they're 
you know, some of the, the top of the market dudes is, is yet to be seen. That's not where the White Sox shopped, with the exception of the bullpen in the offseason of 2022. But it could be where they go in 2023. To that end, Cueto coming back is at 36, 37, 37 years old, you know, would, would be a fit. He's been here before. He's worked with Ethan Katz, both here with the White Sox and prior with the Giants, and, and had really great results. There's a new manager coming in, and while there, there are no indications that that new manager would need an entirely new coaching staff, it's not at all out of the realm of possibility that, I mean, this is what happens when new managers come in. They bring coaches they know or like or, or are enabled to, to hire their own. The Don Cooper was, was Ozzie Guillen's pitching coach and then Robin Ventura's pitching coach. He stayed around for quite a while. He was very good at his job and had a great reputation. And Ethan Katz has you know, a similar reputation and probably a Cy Young runner-up in Dylan Cease, or at least third-place vote-getter, that has you know just no, done nothing but sung his praises. So you know, you would think that this new manager probably keeps Ethan Katz, probably the, the pitching infrastructure as it is for the White Sox, considering it is uh, one of a couple of their, their absolute strengths. So that would follow that you've got this relationship with Cueto, perhaps. Some other free agent starters, though, are, are out there, or at least could be out there. And I'd throw a couple of names to you, just, you know, it's October 15th, so this is kind of the stuff we do. Chris Bassett, is a free agent, former White Sox, A's and now Met. You know, that's a he's had a real good run over the last couple of years. Mike Clevenger with the Padres, former Guardian, an Indian at the time, I suppose. Clevenger is going to be a free agent. Jacob DeGrom can opt out of his final year with the Mets. He's 35 and often injured, but when he's pitching, there are a few better. A uh, guy like um, uh, Kyle Gibson, Nate Aovaldi. Clayton Kershaw's theoretically a free agent. So is Michael Lorenzen. He got back into the rotation, a full-time starter just this last year. There are other names too, you know, guys like Aaron Nola, who pitched so well yesterday for the Phillies. He's got a club option, so you would imagine that gets extended. But there are a couple of guys with club options um, or, or their own options that would be top-of-the-marketplace guys that have at least a little bit of history with the White Sox. Carlos Rodon is one of them. He can opt out of the last year of his deal at $22.5 million. And given the way that he pitched this year for San Francisco, I would bet that he's opting out and probably shooting for a very, very large contract. The guy's pitched to it. Justin Verlander at age 40 can opt out of his $25 million player option, put himself back on the market, and see what shakes loose. Many people think that he's headed back to Houston, even if he does opt out. But I, I'm just saying, it's it's possible. There are a lot of other names as well, but I think in that starting rotation, while Davis Martin pitched really well and proved himself capable of handling major league starts, and you know Garrett Crochet is coming back from Tommy John surgery, there are some options, you know, there toward the back end of the rotation. Um, if Johnny Cueto isn't that guy, but those are some names out there that I think could interest and think could be a place where you could spend some money. Now, on the other side of that equation, there's, there's one more position represented by Elvis Andrews, not shortstop, but instead second base. That may well be an option you could upgrade with just money. The options there are a lot less appealing when you just look at pending free agents. I mean, there, there really aren't a whole lot of second basemen to speak of that are all that interesting. There's some shortstops that have played a little bit of second base that are a lot more interesting. And we'll get to that when we come back, because one of them seems to be leaving a division rival, and that could shake up quite a bit. Also, 
I've got some really good this day in White Sox history stuff to bring to you before we're out of here. I think these will uh, these put a smile on your face if you were alive for them uh, and saw Paul Canerco play. That's one of them. The other one, none of us were alive for, but I think are a lot of fun. Uh, is a lot of fun to talk about too. So we'll do that when we come back. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. That's the phone number. It's White Sox Weekly on ESPN One Thousand. Welcome back to White Sox Weekly. Listen to Chicago's home for sports on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2, and ESPN 1000. Now, on the home of the White Sox, here's Connor McKnight. A couple minutes left here on White Sox Weekly this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Connor McKnight, Sox fans, 2023. Ticket plans are available now. We've got a variety of plans, and when you lock in today... You'll get a flexible payment plan, savings on single games, great seat locations, and more. For more information, visit whitesocks.com slash season tickets. We were just talking about some potential free agent moves for the White Sox in 2023. Talked a lot about Jose Abreu and probably the biggest name free agent the White Sox have. Johnny Cueto and his Instagram. It's a ton of fun. You should go follow him. He's riding horses uh, out there at the house. Cool to watch. Some of the free agent starters that may be fits, you know, some big names are out there this year. I didn't even mention a, a couple other free agent starters that could be on the marketplace. Sean Manaya, Jose Quintana. Uh, I think I mentioned uh, Michael Lorenzen, but if I didn't, I have now uh, to go with some of the big names like Bassett, Clevenger, DeGrom, and Verlander. Verlander probably a long shot for anybody, but the Astros, but you know, he's, he's out there with an option he could turn down and turn into a large free agent pile of money if he wanted to. We'll see. Uh, second base is kind of that other spot where the White Sox have an option on Josh Harrison and could bring him back. But, you know, Josh played probably, what, three quarters of a full season last year. Some injuries popped up. It was a tough start to the 2022 year and a really good finish uh, for Harrison defensively as well as offensively. He was kind of Josh Harrison with some big hits and some big defensive plays in the last three months of the season or so. But the the names here at second base are a far cry from from where the free agent starters are at. Now, first and foremost, it does sound like, and there are a bunch of reports, that Carlos Correa, who is obviously a shortstop, is going to opt out of his deal with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, a whole bunch of teams will be vying for his services. And it's, it's worth noting because we've seen over the last couple of years, whether it's Trevor Story or Xander Bogarts or whoever, that that shortstop market, Marcus Simeon, um, can be affected by the, sh- the the second base market a little bit as well, or maybe vice versa, right? Simeon was out there, maybe interested in a shortstop offer. The Rangers wanted him at second base instead. So that's kind of, you know, some some points of contention there and a couple names to keep in mind and some news that we want to get to you that sounds like Carlos Correa is likely uh, not going to be a twin in 2023. Told you I had two bits of this day in White Sox baseball history for you before we got out of here. Some fun stuff Uh, On this day in 2005, Paul Canerco hit a three-run homer off Irvin Santana in the first inning of Game 4 of the ALCS. Notable, too, because he had just gotten John Lackey in Game 3 in the first inning. So back-to-back first-inning home runs for Paul Canerco in the ALCS against the Angels. Remember, they 
They lost the first game. That was the A.J. Pierzynski steals first kind of game against Paul Bird. Uh, sorry, in, in game two, he stole first. Paul Bird took him down in game one. He threw really well, uh, and the White Sox just kind of refused to lose after that. Everybody remembers how that goes. On this day in 1917, the White Sox won the World Series. Eddie Collins came home on the Zimmerman chase. Now, I, I had to look this up. But essentially what happened is Eddie Collins was on base after hitting a grounder to, you know, Heine Zimmerman, who was at third for the Giants. He made an error. Collins goes to second. And then on a comebacker to the pitcher, Eddie Collins, Hall of Famer, comes home. But nobody's backing up home plate after he gets into a rundown. So Heine Zimmerman is chasing Eddie Collins to home plate with nobody to throw the ball to. Eddie Collins scores. That's the go-ahead run in the fourth inning of the World Series and the White Sox win, taking the title in 1917. I think it's – go look at – this is the history of the 1917 World Series with the, with the Zimmerman chase being the kind of the ending of it is a pretty wild one. So go look it up if you want to. The White Sox won a title on this day in 1917. That's going to do it for us. A huge thank you to Kendra Smith, our producer. We're going to leave you and send you – to playoff baseball, the Astros and M's are underway, and that's coming up next on ESPN 1000.